This day we fight. Today is Friday, September 24th, 2021. Time for episode 155 of the Barnhart Podcast. Today is the Feast of St. Feria, Virgin and Martyr and Mother of St. Mark. No, I'm kidding about that part. It's actually the Feast of Our Lady of Ransom. And uh, I think that might work in somewhat to the title and and topic of the podcast, since we're looking at uh, the traditional mass and how it needs to be ransomed. And listen, we've got a Pope that needs to be ransomed right now. And uh, before we get into all that, let's uh, introduce the cast of characters. As always, the inevitable, ineffable Anne Barnhart is on the podcast. Well, hello. Good evening. How how is everyone? Uh, it's been fun trying to get the connection going, but we've got it going mm. now, and um, you know the thing. So let's get on to the <laughs> podcast. To see, last time we podcasted, we were talking about all things medical. But who else? Who else? Who else is there? We forgot the other two. There's two no, others. No, I'm, yes, I'm not. I'm getting there. Last time I was going to say last time okay, we, we right, talked, right, it was all, all right. things. <laughs> last time we talked, it was all things medical, and we had somebody from east of the Mississippi, somebody from south of the Mississippi, but now we have somebody from north of the Mississippi. Um, Vanessa has joined us. Good evening. And and also from west of the Mississippi, very, very west of the Mississippi, Dr. Mazza is joining us as well. Hey, guys. Hooray. And Vanessa, heroic. Um, for a couple of days, we thought, you thought that you had the coof, but it turned out that, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't the coof. So give us an update and, and tell us why you sound like Lucille Ball in 1971 after smoking a pack of unfiltered camels on the Dick Cavett show. <laughs> um, yeah, I I was suffering from a respiratory, the the thing for six days. Um, we all thought it was the COOF. So I was doing the COOF protocols and um, got diagnosed today with bronchitis. Um, but the Z-Pack is, is really working since I took it. So yes, just a reminder that there are still other illnesses out there besides the COOF. But I will say it was definitely um, a little frightening there because, you know, when you feel like you can't really breathe, um, this is the first time in my life I've thought, I really don't want to go to the hospital. I'm too, you know, too afraid to go to the hospital. Yeah. So that was a gut check. Yep. yep. Well, you, you sound really good. I mean, a few hours ago, uh, my, my, my Lucille Ball description was fitting, but you sound, <laughs> you sound completely dark chocolate and gorgeous right now. So that's... God bless you. We're we're Yay. glad that you're better. Thank Yay. you. Mm-hmm. Dr. Matza, what's going on out in um in uh, California out there? Live in La Vida Loca. <laughs> oh come on, no song. <laughs> no, don't get him started. It's too early for There's him to start there, singing. There will, there will be opportunities we'll, we'll to sing there. later. We'll get there. I don't need I don't need encouragement in that direction. Well, a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I was hanging with my my friend uh, Larry Elder. Yes, uh, yes. A couple of days we before the, the election. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yep. I also met with um, Dennis Prager and uh, uh, Gorka, Sebastian, Doctor G. Mm-hmm. And and I like everyone else, am, am absolutely shocked that. Um, the vote was not tallied properly and that what did it turn out that um that uh 
Nancy Pelosi's godson or whatever he is that he um, ha had the highest vote tally ever. And, you know, it, 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 was it full-blown Saddam Hussein, 99.9999% of the popular vote? Or did they, did they, are they still trying to maintain the facade of reality in all of this? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm hearing conflicting things. Um, so that some people say that, that Larry actually did quite well and uh, they're still counting the vote, but uh, other people are saying that, yeah, he won, uh, Newsom won in a landslide. And uh, the interesting thing is that uh, apparently he had to spend $200 million to achieve this effect. Uh, that's more than Hillary spent in 2016. That's double what Hillary spent, I think. Really? So oh my at least gosh. we had to make them spend money. Well, and, and by spending money, we, of course, mean, you know, invoicing their friends for, um, quote unquote, consulting and um, the printing of flyers, <laughs> things like that. It's a it's a hell of a business. It's a hell of a business to be in. And uh, none, none of us are in it. So, yeah. Super nerd. What do we got? What do we got for the big one five five? I, I have mean, no clue. I, I think this one is going to be churchy, and this one's going to be obviously um, the the antics of the anti pope in an overarching sense. But um, w where should where should we even start with this this hot steaming mess? Well, let's see. The second half of the show notes that I had from last time we were talk we had written down uh, tradition in custody or tradition in ransom. However, you want to say that. Um, the, the technical legal Latin name, I think, is Traditionis Custodias, but honestly, it's tradition in, in custody. And, uh, the, and we're also going to talk about the joint statement from the Ecclesia Dei leaders, but I think some more things have happened since then. Um, mm -hmm. I, I had joked that uh, we had time for another uh, half of the show after we had already re recorded two hours last time, and that was more than enough. So uh, it's yeah. been a little bit of time. Um, I what I, That's honestly all the outline I have, but I, I suspect that uh, we could probably just go on that um well i mean there's a lot of venting that i know that i knew needs to be done and you know we've given everybody a fair amount of time obviously to respond to what's happened and um <laughs> obviously none of us are are pleased or impressed um and you know i i don't know do we start with my rant about how Hello, Ecclesia Day leadership. Your your base is walking out the door to the SSPX. I mean, do we start there? Do we finish there? It, 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 that rant is going to happen. Um, well, have we talked in detail about tra tra tradition and custody? I don't think we have. No. Maybe because that's the place. Talking that, coof, maybe, yeah. Maybe that's the place to start because the the joint. Uh, communique from the uh, Ecclesia Day folks is a reaction to that. Right. So, um, I, I, and I guess, you know, keyword, hashtag, whatever, as always, as always, is false base premise. Three, three little words that mean so very, very much. Um, and this is, you know, this is where we would need or we would want to have Mark chiming in, obviously, because of his work on all of this. But so the anti-pope and likely false, false, uh, likely 
false prophet forerunner of the Antichrist, Jorge Bergoglio, is, um, you know, passing gas, which somebody, who was it? Someone said to me recently that that's like the most legitimate thing that he does is, is, is pass gas. Um, so he's passed gas and here, here comes this, this document, which has no standing, no meaning, no, no actual ontological meaning, because remember, Jorge Bergoglio has as much authority in the Catholic Church as Kim Kardashian has. And haha, that's a laugh line, but that's literally true, because he's, he's not the Pope, he's never been the Pope, and he is manifestly not a Catholic. So, so Jorge Mario Bergoglio and Kim Kardashian are on the same ontological level in terms of authority inside of the Catholic Church. And you know, there are people listening, and there are people of, of, of repute and renown listening saying, well, you know, um, and that's, that's all well and good, but the entire planet thinks that this guy is the Pope, and people are reacting to all of his farts as if he is the Pope, and so, you know, we all we all just need to operate as if he is the pope and i say no 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 it doesn't matter if it's it, it doesn't matter if every human being alive is confessing an error or a falsehood if every human being alive is confessing something that is wrong that does not make it true that does not change anything that doesn't make it doesn't make Jorge Bergoglio the Pope. It, it these ontological realities are not contingent upon numbers or upon any human being. Either the cat is the Pope or he isn't, and obviously he isn't. And the only reason at this point that anyone is saying that he is the Pope is because they're frightened, because they're afraid of him because they are doing exactly what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ told them not to do, and they're being afraid, and they're clinging to earthly um, positions, career tracks, incomes, pensions, um, just, just anything and everything, you name it. They're afraid that they are going to lose these things. And, and let me disabuse absolutely everyone out there who is a cleric um, that is listening to this. You're gonna lose it anyway. You're gonna lose your earthly faculties anyway because Satan is after you. And Satan has been after you since the beginning of this. The player here is Satan. There is no parlaying with Satan. There is no negotiating. There is no appeasing. Nothing. You are dealing with Satan. Now, Jorge Bergoglio is his, is his little puppet, is his false prophet forerunner of the Antichrist and his anti-pope and the head of, the head of Satan's anti-church. Yes, but understand that the overarching driver behind all of this is Satan. You don't play games with Satan. He's coming after you, period. He wants the mass completely eliminated, period. It, th this whole business of these men without chess, you know, tiptoeing around thinking that they can, that they can play chess 
with with Lucifer is just absolutely enraging. And the, the thing for me that just I, I mean it makes me it makes me angry. Not that I walk around angry all the time, but it's just it is. It's infuriating to know that this could all be ended within 24 hours. All someone needs to do is come forward, someone with authority needs to do is come forward and say, Pope Benedict's resignation was sketchy at best, and we need to just call a big, a big pause on all of this, and we need to take a look at what in the hell exactly happened in February and March of 2013, specifically February, because all the action was in February. March was just, that was just all artifice. That was all theater. The action was in February. In terms of people beginning to ask that question, there are more voices being added to it. And of course, we can thank Dr. Mazza ah. for opening the eyes of at least one person on this, and by extension, hopefully many more. But uh, there are some yes. some some names that even I rec recognize because I don't really follow Catholic media that much, uh, or even media in general, uh, outside of computer world. But that's another tangent for another day. Um, there there was a name I recognized that uh, when I saw that uh, Dr. Mazza was on his on his podcast, um, and and what the topic was like, oh, I got to listen to this, and that was pretty mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. Dr. Matza, unmute yourself and um, give it. Give us the debriefing. Give us the rundown of your appearance on Patrick Coffin's show. What? What? How did it go? What was your sense of it? I thought it went by the grace of God extraordinarily well. Uh, you know, uh, Patrick really gave me the opportunity to just let it all out there, um, and mm -hmm. you know, never cut me off. Never tried to contradict me actually <laughs> so yeah thanks our lady and our lord yep and we'll put we'll put the link to that in the show notes and um you know no big no new thermonuclear bombs were dropped but it it reiterated things that have already been covered in your position papers and in other things but it's it's always good to to rehear these things and Obviously, um, well, uh, speaking for myself and speaking for my own um, blog traffic, the whole COOF thing has had the effect of, since I'm talking a lot about ivermectin, there's all kinds of new eyes who are either brand new to my, to my website or have come back after being gone for however long and are have... Um, renewed interest in the question of who exactly the vicar of christ on earth is because obviously because of everything that's happening has happened and the convergence of all of this so i mean we'll put everything we'll put dr Motz's recent um patrick coffin full episode in in the show notes and um reiterating use the search function on um, barnhart.biz it works really well actually so all you would have to do for example to find all of dr Matz's position papers type m-a-z-z-a into the the search field on the search engine in the barnhart.biz website and ever and all of those posts will will pop right up and you know my 
my website is now big enough that you you have to use the the search function you can't just say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go browse i'm gonna go i'm gonna go look and try to find where this is because i mean there's just millions and millions and millions of words on on barnhart.biz by now so use that search function whether you're searching for dr matza whether you're searching for ivermectin what whatever you're searching for please Monoclonal avail antibodies. yourself monoclonal antibodies, um, Nurse Claire, whatever it is, avail yourself of that search function. Um, and it'll all and it'll all come up. It's all right there. But I guess did did we ever answer the question? What is um, tradition in custody? It's it's anti Pope Bergoglio basically trying it's it's his first step at full blown suppression of the holy sacrifice of the mass and the venerable rite of of Pius V which is completely illegal and um, an just another avenue of evidence that he's not the Pope because if he were the Pope, he wouldn't be able to do that. And yes, this is, the papacy is one of the only examples in, in the entirety of, of the human experience in which begging the question is actually valid. Because when, when God Almighty says, look, I'm setting up this office and I am personally guaranteeing it uh, because I'm God, that this, this office is going to be supernaturally protected from error, et cetera, et cetera, then then begging the question as a logical fallacy is then over um, overwritten by the virtue of faith. Because when God Almighty himself, who can neither deceive nor be deceived, says something, you, you, you take it to the bank. That you take it to the bank. And that is the point. And for, for those of you who are listening and some of you who aren't, who are not yet, uh, and some of you who are not yet converts, um, some of you are converts and some of you are listening but are not yet converts or, or are stewing on it, um, this whole business of the papacy for, for the thinking man is one of the big hurdles in converting to Catholicism. And once you realize that the whole begging the question fallacy is, is over is overwritten by the virtue of faith because we believe that Christ is the second person of the of the triune Godhead and Christ said I'm guaranteeing this you're no longer dealing with begging the question in the same way that you are when you're dealing with human beings because you're dealing directly with God at this point and he said this office is supernaturally protected therefore if something goes seemingly sideways with the office of the papacy you don't you don't go asking questions about whether or not god is god you see and that's what all all of these people are doing you don't go asking questions about whether or not god is god you go asking questions about whether or not the the jerkhead that you're calling peter that you're calling the pope is the pope or not and clearly bergoglio is not and he's trying to suppress the mass because they're panicking they're they're absolutely panicking 
So um, who, who, who want, I want to toss it to somebody, Dr. Motzer, Vanessa, who shall I toss it to? Uh, I can chime in if you'd like. You um, go, you go, you know, Dr. You were saying, yeah, <laughs> this, this came up um, a couple of podcasts ago and uh, Mark had a good funny remark about it. You know, that feeling you get when Carl Rahner and you are in agreement. Um, Father Z uh, reposted an old uh, Carl Rahner uh, line from the 1960s. And of course, he and Ratzinger were the two darlings, uh, the parity at Vatican II. I mean, you don't get better than that. It's, you know, rock star status. And this is what Carl mm -hmm. Rahner had to say. He said, Imagine that the Pope, as supreme pastor of the church, issued a decree today requiring all the uniate churches of the Near East to give up their Oriental liturgy and adopt the Latin rite. Now, he, he, the devil's in the details here. He says, the Pope would not exceed the competence of his jurisdictional primacy by such a decree, but the decree would be legally valid. But he goes on to say, but we can also pose an entirely different question. Would it be morally licit for the Pope to issue such a decree? Any reasonable man and any true Christian would have to answer no. Any confessor of the Pope would have to tell him that in the concrete situation of the church today, such a decree, despite its legal validity, would be subjectively and objectively an extremely grave moral offense against charity. Um, so even you know a broken clock like Rahner um, picks up on the fact that on any level, there's multiple levels here. You know, first of all, you have to be yeah. Pope. Uh, second of all, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you, ha you, you have to, even if you have the authority, you know, that's, that's questionable in itself. Does the, does the Pope have the authority even to mess with, uh, the substance of the Roman rite? Uh, but just for the sake of argument, even granting him that, uh, it would still be wrong for him to do it and people could still resist it because it would be a grave offense against charity, which any rational person uh, would be able to figure out. Um, so yeah. we got, got Rahner's contribution there. Um, so that's the, you know, the Nouvelle Theologie crowd uh, chiming in. Um, the other day I was watching The Meaning of Catholic with uh, Timothy Flanders and he was actually debating um, another Catholic YouTuber Michael Lofton on whether or not the, you know a pope has the right or the jurisdictional uh, authority to mess with the uh, the Roman rite or to you know suppress it entirely or blah 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 um, and they they got into it back and forth that was pretty good that might be something we can put in the show notes but um, Timothy Flanders was saying that no um, uh, and he was giving different different quotes from church history, that a, a pope cannot mess with the substance of the right. Um, that was like the upshot of it. Well, I mean, and once again, we just come back to the same beginning point that, I mean, all I can think of is when I was a kid and I had, my first car was a, was a 78 Chrysler. So you've got this huge rear wheel drive monstrosity and, you know, in the winter time, 
in 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 and around Kansas City where I grew up, there would be snow and, and slush and sleet and all of that. And as soon as there was anything where traction was reduced, th these cars would just the 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 back the back axle would just spin and spin and spin and spin and spin and you just sit there and and it was it was a disaster and you would maybe be like throwing mud sleet and mud out back behind in a in a rooster tail sort of a situation out back behind the car as you would just sit there and you could mash the throttle as hard as you wanted as long as you wanted and you weren't going to get any traction and you weren't going to get anywhere. And that is just the, the image that I have in my mind of all of these people who are, who are sitting around wasting their time, wasting everyone's time, confusing people, um, talking about whether or not a Pope can do this, whether or not a Pope can do that. Obviously he can't, but the base premise is, is that the man you are talking about vis-a-vis -vis all of these actions and so on and so forth, isn't the Pope. And, and what it is going to take, at, I mean, at this point, it's absolutely stunning to me. This guy, this guy is coming out telling people that they have the moral obligation to inject themselves with poison. I mean, what, what is it going to take? Seriously. I'm this is a serious question. Email email what it is going to take at barnhart.biz and tell me what it is going to take for Jorge Mario Bergoglio to do before any of these people, any of them, will just stop and say, wait just a damn minute, maybe this cat isn't the Pope. Because at this point, the whole the the whole let me show you how awesome I am by, try, by trying to square the circle of making this man who is an obvious non-Catholic, who is an obvious apostate, let me show you how, how intellectually dexterous I am trying to square this circle to, sh to demonstrate that this man is totally the Pope and oh, it's just ridiculous to even, to even discuss the possibility that he isn't. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you know, Joseph Ratzinger is sitting in the Vatican wearing the papal white, calling himself Pope Benedict, giving out the apostolic blessing, confirming the brethren, good grief, what was it he just, within the last week something came out where he's, once again, he's, he's trying, he's trying to um, stop the damage that Bergoglio is doing um, by, by actually saying Catholic things. And at this point, I really don't think, and it's it's just bizarre to watch because some of these people, I mean, some of these people are train wrecks, but some of them are just really good people, like Peter Kwasniewski. Peter, so, somebody send this to Peter, somebody timestamp this and send this to Peter. Peter, m my dude, what, what? is it going to take and we've been having you know this conversation in, in writing for years and i'm just gonna keep asking you peter what is it going to take for this dude to do how much consilience how much 
how many converging data streams is it going to take for you to say, you know what, I think maybe this cat isn't the Pope. And it's something we've all known. And, and it's, it's, it's probably 85% of, of the pew sitters of the remnant Catholics it's, it's probably 85% know at absolute bare minimum that, that something is highly, highly, highly wrong. And I think a lot of those people know that Bergoglio isn't the Pope and, and Ratzinger almost certainly is. Now, I want to throw it to Vanessa because, Vanessa, you are the voice um, on this episode. You're the voice of the pew sitter. Um, so all this you know uh, tradition in custody has happened and on the ground you are an ecclesia day parishioner um wh what is your sense what are you feeling what is your what is your mindset right now with regards to the response or should i say non-response to all of this and um, what what is happening with regards to the SSPX in in your mind and the and and you know the mind of your family with you and your husband? Sure. So I have like five rants. You're gonna have to hold me back. Okay. <laughs> good, I, good. I think we've that, got plenty of time. Okay. Good. I think that I've been livid three times in my life, uh, like really livid, <clears throat> and this would be the third. Um, not with what anti-pope Bergoglio did, <clears throat> excuse me, because quite frankly, I, I expect him to act the way he does. You know, I don't expect him to act any differently. So my yep. rage comes from, as you just set up for me, how Ecclesia Day has responded to this. And we have been going to Ecclesia Day for, but when I first converted in 2014, I was doing diocesan TLMs. And then my, my husband and I, my daughter, we've been, we've been going to Ecclesia Day first, you know, FSSP and then Institute of Christ the King. So I'm very familiar with both of these orders. And when this stuff hit, I, I actually, it was interesting. I was also not feeling well uh, the, the Sunday after this hit. I think this dropped on a Friday, Traditionus Custodis. And mm -hmm. so I was at home on a Sunday. It was one of the few times I wasn't well enough to go to Mass. So I was watching a bunch of homilies across the country, including the one that was happening at my Ecclesia Day Church. And I was just fascinated by what I saw because you had a few of these FSSP priests who went, you know, really to the wall. And some of them actually even said Lefebvre was right. Uh, you had most of them, though, weren't doing that. They were kind of trying to tiptoe. And then it seemed to be pretty exclusive to the Institute. This must have been a directive on, on high because they were all almost all doing this, which was basically saying, we're not going to talk about this and you don't talk about this on social media. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I have felt that much rage and I don't know how long and I'll just summarize really quickly why, because here's the deal, you know, Ecclesia Day priests who are listening, we as laity are blessed to have good priests. We're blessed to have the sacraments in the traditional form. But the Institute and the FSSP, they are blessed to have the laity. This is a symbiotic relationship because uh, well it's put. our time, our money, and our support of these priests that help these parishes run. And then in return, we get the sacramental 
you know, beauty of the mass and confession. This is a two-way street. We're in the trenches together. And that's what made this really clear to me. And this is how I'll, I'll wrap it up with this rant at least. This what made it really clear to me is that we, we are not in the trenches together. Woe to me for thinking that that was the case. Because here I am saying to myself, I'm a mother. I'm active in my parish. I've donated to the restoration of this building that quite frankly we have for now or the institute here has for now but wait until the bishop retires um where's my money going in the future what's my child's life going to be like if she's you know still connected to this ecclesia day parish is her discernment with an order connected to the ecclesia day going to be successful ooh, or not so ooh, this is what yeah. this is what ecclesia day leadership needs to understand and ask themselves which is as parents we are always thinking about what's what's in the store for, for our children, for our resources, for our time. And if you've been paying attention, I'm not trying to insult people who haven't really thought over the SSPX question, and I can go back to this, um, Anne, if you think I'm going here too long here. But if you've been really paying attention, it is my personal opinion that you'll make the switch and you'll make it quickly. And there's been a wave of us who have done that in this first instance of the cards being laid bare. There's going to keep on being waves. And I think that I know, and you're going to talk about the Father Ripperger homily. That clearly was a was a sign that there was there was something, you know, something in the milk wasn't clean, that, that, that he mm-hmm. had to be trotted out to say that homily. And so I think this is this is what the Ecclesia needs to realize is that that was a slap in the face to all well-intentioned laity, the no response the, the the don't say anything don't talk about anything if you have to gaslight yeah. your own people you're you're off you're off oh, you know oh did you all hear that if you have to <laughs> gaslight your own people something is wrong super nerd are you are you chomping at the bit not particularly i'm just enjoying this <laughs> oh, I, I, I just, uh, Dr. Matza, Dr. Matza, i heard i heard somebody yeah. come back online yeah yeah okay yeah um Vanessa is obviously not the only uh, person to to uh, have this stance right now, given what happened. Uh, my old friend, uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall, who first had me on his show to break the Maza Hypothesis 1.0, um, yep. he did a show where he basically was very upset with the uh, Ecclesia Day uh, leadership for the way that they worded that response. And um, so he... Um, he basically said that they, uh, they, they, they kind of sold out. They didn't, um, they were kind of spineless. And he took some incoming, I guess this is like inside baseball here, but he took a lot of incoming from his former partner uh, of TNT. Uh, Timothy Gordon did a special show uh, taking him to task for having that point of view. And how dare you criticize the... Uh, uh, the, the leadership of uh, Institute of Christ the King and uh, FSSPS and um, how, you know, how dare how um, dare we not how dare we not at this point I mean but go go ahead Dr Monza go ahead no no I, I I don't have I don't really have anything to add but that so uh, you know, there's this trad wars going on now I mean there's always been to yeah. some extent but now it's it's heating up you know brother and, against and brother. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah, this is all in scripture. And it's it's so it's amazing to me that my my email box fills up every day with people who are puzzled that this is happening, that it's the circular firing squad in in the church in the remnant church militant. 
and simultaneously also that it's the circular firing squad with regards to the the poisonous injections that that are being mandated and so forth and i'm just like you know these people keep emailing and i've just got you know a clip of of you know the scripture verse that i just copy paste copy paste copy paste i mean this is directly foretold and prophesied by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is the second person of the triune Godhead, telling all of us, this is going to happen. Your family members are going to turn against you. The entire society, the entire world is going to turn against you. Um, you know, to, to this extent, and people are people continue to be surprised by all this, but I guess it's normalcy bias. And there are people who are, you know, on the internet and, and on TV and more, more the internet who are crowing and saying that anyone who thinks that this could possibly be the end times is, is nuts, is a psycho or anything. I mean, at this point, if, you, if you're not operating on the base premise that this is likely the end times, then you're not paying attention. But in terms of going back to the Ecclesia Day communities, um, <sighs> And, and I say this to Ecclesia Day priests, not infrequently. I'm, I'm the best friend, one of the best friends that you have right now. And the reason I say that is because I will sit down and I will tell you the truth. This is what is going on. I am on your side and I'm going to give you intelligence on the ground, objective reality, here's what's happening. Your people are walking out the door because you all are laying down and dying because you refuse to man up and engage this. Men without chess, um, super nerd, we gotta, we gotta put that quote, maybe that's a show title right there. Men, men without chess, the C.S. Lewis quote. I mean, you, you raise an entire society of men without chess, and then you look around and wonder why none of them will stand up and fight and why Satan just just rolls over all of this. And I've, I've made this point on the podcast before. And again, because events are par have been parallel and are now, are now just so rapidly converging between what's going on with regards to the church being put into eclipse by the anti-church and the coof and the whole death injection and the coof and everything it's the same thing and these things are are converging together so in the united states you've got 600 million long guns and god knows how many rounds of ammunition literally god only knows how many rounds of ammunition Nobody's doing anything. George Washington was blowing people's heads off for taxing his breakfast beverage, and it wasn't even coffee, okay? Not an exaggeration, true facts. I have also said many times on the podcast, if a, take anyone you want, um, a St. Charles Borromeo, a Catherine of Siena, even, even a good time, you know, chillax you know let's all be happy kind of a saint like like saint philip neri if any of these people 
were to be, you know, by God taken up in time and dropped into our world and shown what is going on, not just with regards to the Novus Ordo Mass, but shown events with, with regards to what's going on in the Vatican. Okay, here's what happened. Here's the Pope um, in, on February 11th, 2013, he said X, Y, Z. And on February 27th, 2013, he said A, B, C. And then they called a fake conclave and they elected that guy, and that guy, this Argentinian, he has most days said things that are so wildly, wildly heretical, denied the divinity of Christ, called Our Lady a, a um, said that Our Lady was um, angry with God at the foot of the cross and called God a liar at the foot of the cross, and that she wasn't anything special particularly, you know, d denying dogma after dogma after dogma. And, you know, before the coup, he was doing this most mornings before 9 a.m. because he would give some just droolingly, hysterically stupid um mini sermon every morning at his mass so literally before 9 a.m rome time this guy had had spouted things that disqualified him obviously obviously from being the vicar of christ on earth so you know we could go on and on and then i mean we we don't even get into the fact that this guy is fully on board with massive human depopulation everybody has to inject themselves with poison close down the church close down the masses you can't go to mass you can't receive the sacraments um, unless you've injected yourself with poison which is obviously a satanic sacrament and then ratifying sodomy etc etc okay all right we got all that if you take any one of these saints and drop them into our day and our age they would look at this and say where's the army why have you not why have you not formed an army? What's the invasion plan? When are we invading the Vatican? And when are we deposing this usurper? And I'm not exaggerating and I'm not, I'm, I'm speaking literally here. They would, they would look at us and say, what in the hell are you people waiting for? What are you doing? This guy has well, to be removed. What, um uh, and yeah, it came ahead. up in class, in the Maza class, what the Italians did when uh, Padre Pio was threatened with being removed from their hometown, with the, with the, the lengths that the Italians went to to prevent that, right? Well, um, not everybody listening to the podcast here was enrolled in, in the, um, would that they were, would that they were all enrolled in the matzah class, because then, you know, you'd be, you'd be buying a, a village somewhere and we'd all be living with you. <laughs> so, so t t tell the listenership that story. Uh, well, the, there were, there was this evil Archbishop uh, Galliardi was his name, and he was a you know, he protected uh, uh, you know a, a bad clergy who uh, raped boys and uh, criminal stuff, and yet he turns around and accuses Padre Pio of you know all these lascivious relationships with women and uh, and him and his friars at San Giovanni Rotundo they're just rolling in money you know. 
Uh, yeah. And he just he yeah, fakes those yeah. wounds and he, he and he perfumes himself. So anyway, <laughs> so the, the Holy See, <laughs> the Holy Office, got all these uh, you know crazy letters from people complaining, Padre Pio this, Padre Pio that, and so they investigated him. And anyway, they they started to clamp down on poor Padre Pio. He he had to say masses at like five o'clock in the morning, and nobody could attend them. The public couldn't mm -hmm. be there. Anyway, it got to the point where they were actually going to transfer him out of his little out of his little town and literally hundreds and hundreds of people said no not on our watch and they formed a people's association uh and they literally kept a 24-hour guard uh to make sure he was not transferred anywhere yeah. but anyway and then uh so it uh don't mess with the italians when they have when they you know <laughs> when they have their favorite fryer you know and but you know, compare that to the to the like you said, men without chests, who won't even say a discourteous word uh, <laughs> against the, uh, the the man and the powers that be, right? Well, well, yeah, and I think that's one of the things. And Vanessa, you can speak to this: is that everybody was just so nauseated by the Ecclesia Day response, begging, literally begging the usurper anti-pope false likely false prophet forerunner of the antichrist in capital letters legit not a type of the false prophet but probably actually the false prophet forward of the enterprise antichrist be patient with us dialogue with us this this disgusting groveling to this man when they should be forming an army and deposing him literally forming an army and deposing him um vanessa do you have would you like to rant for a while sure <laughs> um, okay i guess the first thing i would say is if anyone listening has not listen to Anne's diabolical narcissism video do so now three times because <laughs> you know as, as you know it this is the overarching you know problem or paradigm that we're working in and i think that far because i've had a lot of conversations with families like, like ours and like you i'm kind of trying to understand what what is preventing people from you, mm -hmm. like trying to figure this out and it, a lot of it has to do with this diabolical narcissism and the true nature of evil. And then through that understanding your, and I don't mean to sound like Oprah here, but just bear with me, understanding your own agency. Like you are smart enough to put two and two together and to say to yourself, you know, this isn't right. It does not take yeah. outsourcing that to somebody else. We are in, and especially my generation, we are in this age of like, don't question the expert. And then this, you know, in the survivors networks of people who have been narcissistically abused. And if you haven't had family that's done this to you or, or watched that do it to other members of your family, it can be very hard to understand this dynamic because mm -hmm. we usually don't want to admit the depth of evil that's out there it really has to be experienced personally, but try to get into that mindset. And what they say with survivors of narcissistic abuse is that they're in the fog, fear, obligation and guilt. So what the behaviors I'm seeing from laity around uh, the leaders of Ecclesia Day or about the, the papacy issue or whatever it is, it's, it's like they're wrapped in this fear, obligation, and guilt. They can't mm -hmm. kind of shed those shackles and say, you know, I've used my God-given intellect to look at this issue and this is what I've concluded that, you know, authority is not serving truth 
What does that mean for me and my family? I need to make smart, responsible decisions for, for my family so that my family is not spiritually abused anymore. I mean, I don't know where, I, I don't know how to impart that confidence to people. All I can say is your soul depends on it and the, the souls of your family depends on it. No one's going to save us. No one's going to do this work for us. We've seen, like you said, Anne, we've seen the leaders capitulate. I don't know. That was probably the most toxic thing I've ever seen. You have to quote a Morris. If you have to quote Lamoris Letizia, you've lost the plot. Yeah, you've, you've, exactly. You've beclowned yeah. yourself, you know, as, yep. as the kids say. You've beclowned well, yourself. The other thing that I want to bring up is that is during Father Ripperger's, um, Father Ripperger went to Phoenix, and this is why we're, we're despondent that non-Vinnie Mark couldn't join us because non-Vinnie Mark resides in the Phoenix Metroplex, and this is no secret, and I'm not doxing him by saying this. This is, this is open knowledge. And so Father Ripperger went down to Phoenix this past Sunday. What day is this? This is Friday. Yeah, he was in Phoenix this past Sunday, and he gave the homilies, as I understand it, at all of the masses at um, the FSS the FSSP parish in Phoenix, which is which is great. That's fantastic. Um, again, may, super nerd, make make a timestamp of this, and somebody, if they want to send this to Father Ripperger, who we love, who we have quoted and referenced, he's done amazing work. We're on Father Ripperger's side, but Father Ripperger, if you're listening to this. When you said everyone needs to buy a t-shirt that says keep calm and go to the traditional Latin mass, I, I, I assume that you have absolutely no idea how just, just patently offensive that was to, to thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of laity who were listening to you, who were looking to you for for leadership and guidance and saying something frankly intelligent. And you you say that. You pat people on the head and say, oh, they're they're there. Don't worry your pretty little head about this. You know, le leave it to the clerics, the theologians, and the canon lawyers. I mean, how that sentiment could exist in a person's mind at this point, given that clerics, prelates, um, canon lawyers, and theologians are the biggest bunch of collective failures in the last 2,000 years, and I mean that inside and outside the church, nobody has failed more in the last century than those people. And you've got, and you know, you're in the midst of this situation. People have been in lockdown, and and the only place to go has been the SSPX. Um, people are looking, are staring down the barrel of having their entire lives destroyed, losing their entire careers. Many people are looking down the barrel of losing their pensions, and some of those pension values are in the millions of dollars. Um, looking down the barrel of losing absolutely everything, there's clearly an anti-pope, and 85% of the pew sitters that are in front of you, Father Ripperger, um, 
are are basically holding our position that there's no way in hell that Bergoglio is the Pope and, and Pope Ratzinger never validly resigned and you pat them on the head and say everyone just needs to calm down and, and wear a t-shirt, uh, the hue and cry that went up Sunday when, when that was uttered was just, it, it, it was just beyond the pale. And um, that plus the, the laying down and dying by the Ecclesia Day um, meeting that happened in France, that and it's it's it would just be trite at this point for me to make a joke about France and surrender monkeys and all that because, I mean we're 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 just beyond that. It's way too serious at this point for that. Um, a theme we've mentioned several times on the podcast is the duality that, at this particular point in time, although it's getting starting to separate a little bit, is that the true church and the anti-church are occupying the same space. Yep. And yep. to the degree that I'm going to defend anybody in the Ecclesia Day groups who are saying milk toast things at this point in time, mm -hmm. they are perhaps making the statement of if we can stay within the rules, kind of like the uh, the St. Thomas More uh, perspective, if we can just simply stay within the rules as they are written, as they are legislated, as they ought to be enforced, and yeah, asterisk that and throw it away because it's not. But they're trying to play within the rules and and do the right thing with the hope that if if the laws are actually implemented the way they're supposed to be, then everything would be fine. But the, the real question is going to be, okay, I'll spot you that, but what are you going to do? And I realize that the people who, who are in that situation who are trying to play both sides aren't going to give you a straight answer at this point in time. But what are you going to do when the false church and the true church separate? Which side are you going to choose? Because yeah. right now, you're yeah. not giving us a clear indication of which side you're on. And if you're not well, giving us actually, a... Actually, uh, no, let, let, me, let me jump in here. I think that they are. I think that they are giving a, a clear indication and have been giving a clear indication all along. These people have basically said, and all of their actions confirm this, that they will brook absolutely no argument that Jorge Mario Bergoglio could possibly not be the Pope. And uh, to, to my ear, to my mind, to my eye, and you know, Vanessa, Dr. Matza, jump in here if, if, you, if you agree or disagree, I think Every indication these people have given by, you know, <sighs> gaslighting, insulting, banhammering, um, attempting to deplatform with regards to me, I've been viciously calumniated. I've had people be behind the scenes, and I have screen caps of this, um, conspiring, talking about doxing me. Um, talking about trying to get me banned from the holy sacrifice of the mass, and this is this is before, this is years ago. So I, there were literally people who were saying we need to contact all of the all the leadership of the Ecclesia Day communities and get Anne Barnhart banned from all Ecclesia Day masses. And you know, I'm, I mean, th this has all been going on, but every indication that I see is that if you if you took it to the to 
the, the high level leadership of these people right now and said, you have to make a choice right here, right now. Are you, are you with the Bergoglian church or are you not? They would go with the Bergoglian church because they are so, they are so terrified of losing control of real estate and being called Sedevacantus. I mean, that's, that's the entire thing. Even the SSPX is guilty of this. I mean, boys and girls, boys and girls, who does the SSPX commemorate at the Te Ijder in the canon of the mass? What do they say? They say Franciscum. They, they are all commemorating Bergoglio. I mean, it's the, the situation is just, is an abject disaster. It just goes from bad to worse. Um, there is basically no resistance against anything that's coming out of the usurp Vatican and the usurp Curia. There's no resistance. And, I, you know, as I say to these people, you're getting your kicked up one side and back down the other on a daily basis. On a daily basis. And, and Super Nerd is scrawling down a timestamp right now because he has to put a, 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 a beep over that so that, you know, mother at the at the Carmel can listen to this. Um, but it's true. They're, they just keep getting beat every single day. And there's no, there's no comprehension that the only way out of this, the one and only way out of this is through the truth. It's not through keeping your head down, laying down and dying, hoping the crocodile eats you last. It's through the truth, and the truth is the cross. The truth is the cross. But, you know, the thing about how our Lord works is if, if you embrace your cross, as he says in the Gospels, if you embrace that cross, well, look, look what happens. Yeah, you might, you might temporarily um, suffer an earthly material setback of some kind, but then you come back and you're you're a hundred times better off. And he literally says that. He says, you you will be given a hundred times what you lay down if if you take up your cross and follow me. And nobody takes this seriously. And everybody's terrified of losing real estate control, basically, as far as I can tell. And being called set of acantus. Super nerd, you now super nerd, I I we delayed recording this because I specifically wanted you on this episode because you were born into the SSPX. You are, as you say, an ecumenical trad. You, you go to everybody. You go to Ecclesia Day, you go to, you go to SSPX. Um, I wouldn't say everybody I, I want, because- I want your wisdom. I, I want your say, wisdom here. I wouldn't say everybody because that would sort of include the uh, set of the contests and- Oh, that's true. That's other true. assorted yeah. groups out there who say it a lot in mass. Um, I, I have never knowingly attended a set of a contest mass. I suppose it's possible mm -hmm. in my travels when I was in the Navy, I might've stumbled across one without realizing it, but mm -hmm. um, they didn't hand me the flyer and uh, make me yeah. sign the oath. So um, yeah. what, what exactly, I'm sorry, what was your question exactly? Just, um, you know, bring your wisdom to all this. Where are you as all, as you watch all of us, um, and and our you and me personally, our entire um, uh, meeting 
was because I wrote years and years ago, I wrote a screed against the SSPX and here's why I don't go to the SSPX. And now, and now here we are in the 2021 and I'm telling people literally on a daily basis, go to the SSPX if you can. If you, if you're, if you wanna convert and you want convert instructions, go to the SSPX. Um, Dr. Beep, um, he, he couldn't be here tonight. Dr. Beep's situation you met is that Mark. he was received into the church. Huh? You met Mark. Dr. Beep is no, here. Dr. Oh, Beep. no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, Dr. Beep is not here. Do- Dr. Beep was received into the church um, this past spring going through Novus Ordo RCIA because there was literally absolutely no alternative where he lived. And he's now, he's he's like... <sighs> get get me to the sspx as fast as fast as possible lord because it's just what do you do what do you do so super nerd as you're sitting there watching all of us you know come come around to where basically you've been for your entire adult life what what are your observations on this i'm happy that i chose where i live uh, because it, it, I, I've got the option of technically two SSPX masses, Institute of Christ the King, Fraternity St. Peter, and two other diocesan Latin masses. It's not mm-hmm. by accident that I am where I am geographically. This was, this was where I wanted to be because I prioritize things like where's the mass. Um, that said, it's nice to have that safety valve of even though I usually go to a Fraternity St. Peter mass, uh, or Institute of Christ the King, I do go to all of them, as you've mentioned. And I've gotten yeah. some grief from some of my SSPX friends that I am not ex- exclusively SSPX. And, you know, it, it, there, there's always been that safety or, 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 I guess, comfort in knowing that if things radically went off the rails with the Ecclesia Dei groups, society is still here and they're not going anywhere. They might That's be right. overrun with refugees, both laity mm-hmm. and priests, but they're not going to go away. Um, I'm not and sure that's a statement. You just started a hashtag. What's the hashtag that you just started a couple days ago? Well, actually, somebody else, somebody else suggested it, and I, I wrote it. But it was it was uh, Lefebvre was right, and actually, I thought Nurse I Claire was, was the one who said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Vanessa, Yay! yes. It's a, yeah. it's a group effort. <laughs> <laughs> that that. But back to your question, uh, as for points of wisdom, um, find the truth and stay with it. And, and sometimes that means voting with your feet, Move, moving to where you're going to have options. I mean, if I, did, if I wasn't where I am right now, um, the Cincinnati area would be a good one because they've got everything almost. Um, there are other locations in the world where they have um, all three groups in close proximity and, as well as some diocesan options. Um, be aware. See what your options are. And, and um, you, you have to value the faith first. And, and be aware yeah. of the fact that, you know, your shepherds may end up being, they may end up acting like hirelings or they may end up acting like wolves at times and, and know mm-hmm. where you can go to find the authentic voice of the shepherd. And that might, yeah. that might mean you've got to take some, some tough decisions and say, am I going to drive five hours each way to go to mass or am I going to uproot everything I know and move to a city where I know that I'm going to have access to the sacraments no matter what? Which, mm-hmm. uh, honestly, that's not even a guarantee where I am right now. That's if we had a catastrophic situation where, you know, all things hit the fan because you know, we're not following the New World Order agenda and, and 
everything goes into a lockdown like we've never seen, like even Australia hasn't seen, then getting to the priests is going to be a problem. But barring a situation like that where we go into a literal police state, put yourself in the situation where you are going to have maximum opportunity for sacraments with priests you can trust, as opposed to wondering if you're going to be able to find a priest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're in a situation right now where all you have is Ecclesia Day groups around and you're not sure maybe one of the, the a few of the priests in one of the groups might stand up and say, no, I'm not going to go with this. I have the right to say the old mass and you can't make me change my faith. You can't make me change my liturgy. I honestly don't know how many Institute of Christ the King and Fraternity of St. Peter priests would stand up and say that. I do know some priests yeah. who would do that, but I think they are the small minority. I agree. Sadly. Yeah. It's, um, I think the sense on the ground is that, um, the fraternity of St. Peter, if, if they do anything that it, that they'll just like dissolve. And there have been, there have been some fraternity priests who have said, yeah, I mean, if, if, if this, and, if this and such directive comes down, then We'll, we'll just probably throw in the towel and dissolve. And a non-trivial percentage of them would then request laicization. And then the other sense is that the Institute of Christ the King would just fold and, and capitulate and say, yeah, we'll save the Novus Ordo. I pray God that that is wrong. I, I pray God every day that that is wrong. But that's the sense on the ground of what of what people are thinking and then you have on top of this and this is one of the things that the coof has has made very very clear is that when the coof was happening and or i mean it still is obviously but when when the lockdown of 2020 and the lockdown of 2021 were happening um the sspx stayed open they were pastoral and in all of that in all of the just thousands and thousands and thousands of emails that i get there was not one email from anyone ever saying the sspx um i went to the sspx and they were nasty and they gave me side eye and they were like you know you guys aren't legit catholics the sspx was absolutely heroic the faithful of the sspx were to everything that i can tell is that they were fantastic they treated everyone wonderfully everyone was welcome they fully comprehended the situation that they were they were the lifeboat and that you know they were the ones who were who were bringing the sacraments to to the remnant church and there was no there was no garbage and you know that's telling that is extraordinarily telling because in a in a high pressure situation like that you would think that if they were not legit that they would have jumped all over that and used that as an opportunity to say see all all you damn people you've been in the you've been in the anti church and you people aren't even catholic and there was none of that zero it was just everybody's welcome get in here the confessionals over there mass here the you know <laughs> we're saying eight masses a day so that we can get everybody in here um yeah they, they were heroic 
and th- how a man reacts under pressure, and I use man in, in an aggregate sense here, how a man reacts under pressure tells you a lot, and how they reacted during all of this has been spectacular, and people people noticed. Um, I know, Vanessa, you're, you, you noticed all of this. Um, I think a, a lot of people noticed this. And yeah, I keep, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say that um, just a few kind of brain dump things on the SSPX from our experience. So my husband and I looked at each other on the Sunday after Traditionus Custodis dropped and the reaction from the Ecclesi Day that disappointed us. And we said, we're going SSPX, which is where we've been ever since. Um, Mm -hmm. They've been nothing but welcoming. The pastor is unlike any pastor I've ever had. Um, He talks to us with such transparency and such respect about the situation. Um, So it's, it's, it's truly a breath of fresh air. So we've really enjoyed that. The people have been very welcoming, very interesting conversations uh, with the laity there. Um, also, the, the location that we have, and this is the same with others I know in the SSPX world, is they're kind of self-sufficient compounds, which, if you think about it again, is another very important thing to have in this world of Kufism and you know bishops snatching real estate, et cetera, et cetera. And to your point, Anne, that you mentioned about the, you know, the priests of Ecclesia Day are they willing to give up this or that or, you know, real estate lifestyles? I did ask the SSPX pastor, I said, do, do, is there a flood of, of uh, Ecclesia Day priests calling or in the past have they come over? He said, not really. And I said, oh, well, why is that? He said, to be honest, a lot of them don't want to or can't handle our lifestyle. We're always yeah. on the road. We're driving. Yeah. We're in poverty. Uh, and it's true, you know, that they're very bare bones, but there's something beautiful about that cross that kind of keeps mm-hmm. them accountable and then inspires the laity. So I would wrap up just by saying, you know, if, if your interest is peaked about the SSPX, I would do a couple of things and I can give um, Super Nerd some show note information here is one, watch the documentary on uh, Archbishop Lefebvre. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll link to the specific documentary, but it's excellent and it really flushes out his life and how amazing he was, number one. Number two, look at these documents in 1988 that I think it was the motu proprio of Ecclesia Day, literally John Paul II stating that it's in response to Archbishop Lefebvre. I mean, if you were conceived as a response to something, you know, uh, that you know, I don't want to say they were conceived in malice, but they're definitely conceived in a response to trying to control authentic, um, you know, desire to retain the Latin mass, I think is very interesting. So look at those communiques. And then the two big questions I know people have been asking us in our former Ecclesi Day community is, well, aren't they in schism and aren't they excommunicated? And the answer is no to both. They're not in schism. Like you said, to their detriment, they're in, you know, communion with uh, Francis. Although personally, when you ask them, some just like in Ecclesia Day have their doubts and the excommunications mm-hmm. were lifted. So the only thing that's about them is that they're, quote, canonically irregular. But to give you some perspective, I was baptized by canonically irregular oratorians. They hadn't been living together for the amount of time prescribed to get their canonical status. It doesn't mean that my mm-hmm. baptism was invalid. It doesn't mean that their community was invalid. It's just a, a canonical state that I know you and Dr. Matza could talk much more intelligently about. But um, I would just say look into it because you owe your family to be, I would say, uh, away from any spiritual abuse that can kind of come up, what it, like if there is continued capitulation from Ecclesia Day. Yeah. But also, like like Super Nerd said, 
vote with your feet. If everybody went to SSPX and Ecclesia Day didn't pop up as as many speculate in SSPX as a trap, Ecclesia Disneyland, right? Attract people with uh, pretty lace and Baroque side tables and don't don't ask any questions. Mm, if everyone mm. stayed as a fraternal correction to what happened in 1988, perhaps we'd be in a whole different world right now. So I would just say that from a from a tactician's point of view. Um, about yeah, how to proceed. I, I want to jump in on one. I want to jump in on one point with with regard to the Ecclesia Day priests who are reticent, hesitant, or don't want to consider jumping over to the SSPX at this point in time. One thing for now is they don't need to. They've they've got a home, and for the time being, the hammer has not come down. That said, if there are any of those priests listening who would make that move or think that direction if it came down to the point of thou shalt say the new mass or be laicized mm-hmm. you probably should make contact with the sspx now and um yeah vanessa vanessa mentioned that she wasn't sure talking to to her the sspx priest there how many ecclesia day folks are are uh, contacting the SSPX, I have actually asked somebody at SSPX headquarters who would know the actual number of people who would be contacting. Who they don't have a hotline set up, but they know this is where this person knows exactly how many how many priests are calling on a day to day basis, whether they are Father Altman types or uh, Father Ripiger types. Not that he would call the SSPX, but somebody who wanted to make the crossover, um, make contact now because if the hammer comes down and you are essentially banned as being a priest as you know it and your options are to become a layman or to say the new mass you might be you might have a high number to wait in line at that point yeah and and let me let me reiterate and make the point again um bergoglio has as much authority in the catholic church as kim kardashian has literally so what Satan is trying to do with all of this, with, with the church, with the coof, with everything. He's a liar. He is the father of lies. He's behind all of this. He is trying to deceive you and deceive these priests into thinking that, they're, that they are in a situation in which, in which, which actually ontologically doesn't exist. So he's trying to trick you into thinking that you're in schism. He's trying to trick you into thinking that you have to make this choice between saying the Novus Ordo and being laicized. It's all, it's all a lie. The, these are false paradigms and false choices. You're not, you don't have to make those choices. You don't have to um, be in union with the false prophet forerunner of the Antichrist in order to not be in schism. This is, this is all a deception. You don't have to take a poisonous injection in order to keep your job. Um, you know, that this is the other thing that we're just going on and on and on about and, and just, all day every day in my email box it's it's people emailing saying i am going they're giving me an ultimatum i am going to lose my job how do i formulate how do i write you know the religious exemption thing non-veni mark he's working on a thing where we're in contact with a couple of people who are saying you know you don't need to be asking anyone for for a religious exemption for anything this is a violation of the natural law 
um, US, U.S. code clearly states that you cannot be interrogated or forced to defend your religious beliefs in any way. Um, you, you just say, this is a violation of, of my sincerely held religious beliefs, and that's the end of it. They're trying to trick everyone into thinking that they have to do this, tricking everyone into thinking that they have to lock themselves in their houses, you know, during these lockdowns, et cetera, et cetera. It's all a deception and people are doing it of their own free will. And that's what's so frustrating is these, these Ecclesia Day people, they're just walking into this because for some absolutely incomprehensible reason, they refuse to even investigate, even ask the question that is so obvious. Who, who the hell is the Pope? It, it, it really doesn't look like it's this Argentinian cat over here because he isn't even Catholic. Can't, can't even ask the question. Can't even ask the question. Now let's throw it to Dr. Matza. Dr. Matza, you're out on, uh, on the left coast there. What um, what is your situation? What are you seeing on the ground in terms of SSPX? Yes, no, maybe so. Well, personally, I'm fortunate in that um, I have the the Norbertines near me, and mm -hmm. they um, they're again very traditional, and they offer the Latin Mass with the approval of the Bishop of Orange, and um, and that we. Even after Tradiciones Custodes, uh, the bishop said, yeah, the Latin Mass is going to continue. So uh, I'm in a fortunate little pocket here. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, what I did want to bring up is a couple of things. Um, one is that um, today, Athanasius Schneider, Bishop Schneider came out and he reiterated, you know, some things that were points that we're making. And he said, uh, for example, uh, that the Roman Rite is a liturgical treasure that has been valid and highly valued for almost a thousand years. It's not the private property of a pope. Of course, we would put, you know, scare mm -hmm. quotes around that. Scare quotes, um, yeah, yep, The yep. faithful, <laughs> the faithful seminarians and priests uh, must ask for the right to use this common treasure of the church. And if they are denied this right, they may nevertheless use it. Mm -hmm. All right, so he mm -hmm. he is is saying and and he's saying, look, you know, resist. <laughs> That's what we have to do. Um, and you know, he. By, by the way, another kudos to Bishop Schneider. Although, as you just pointed out, Anne, uh, a per, a, you know, employees don't need an official document from their pastor or from the church right. or anything. Uh, to defend their religious uh, exemption. Nevertheless, uh, Bishop Schneider is very generously providing people uh, with uh, exemption certificates in the sense of uh, a letter stating that uh, as Catholics, we're opposed to this. And, uh, and you know, so if you, anybody who writes to Bishop Schneider, he will send you, uh, you know, something that you could use uh, if you want. Um, so, but I'm afraid to say that He's in the minority here. Where are all the other princes of the church? Um, yeah. It reminds me of what Bishop uh, Fulton Sheen uh, said many years ago in uh, uh, Doylestown, Pennsylvania, at the Shrine of Our Lady of Chestahova in 1972. He, uh, 
He said, who is going to save our church? Not our bishops, not our mm -hmm. priests and religious. It's mm -hmm. up to you, the people. You have the minds, the eyes, the ears to save the church. Your mission is to see that your priests act like priests. Mm -hmm. Your bishops act like bishops and your religious act like religious, unquote. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's our marching orders right there. Yeah, and that's that's the ball that has been dropped um, in particular since the late 1960s because they they all stopped acting like priests, bishops, and religious. They stopped dressing like priests, bishops, and religious, everything. They stopped acting like it and nobody held them to account. Nobody said, uh-uh, th this... This won't work, this won't fly, this won't go. And so yeah. collectively now we're reaping, we're reaping this, go ahead. Again, to give some kudos to uh, Taylor Marshall, uh, he showed a clip today of um, vintage Mother Angelica in 1993 mm -hmm. in Denver <laughs> when the bishops Ooh, of yeah. Amchurch uh, had the, the woman play Jesus, the mime yeah. during the Stations yep. of the Cross. And, yep. uh, you know, I'm sure it's available on YouTube, uh, the whole the whole talk that she gave. But, you know, she was pointing her finger at the camera and she said, I've had enough of you, American church, liberal church. Uh, yep. We've had enough of your, uh, how did she phrase it? Your earth worship. Uh, now, can you mm -hmm. imagine what she would do today after what went on uh, oh, two years ago goodness. in Pachamala? Um, I mean, so yeah, hey, yeah. She, she's a consecrated religious. She's under obedience, but you know, there's a, a moment when you got to when, like our Lord in the temple, he drove the money changers out because it's his father's house, and you've turned it into a den of thieves. There's a time and a place yeah. when even you know consecrated religious under obedience have to speak up, speak up for their father in heaven, the Lord of heaven and earth. Who cares about his rights anymore? Does anybody care yeah. about the rights of God, about Christ the King? Oh, clearly uh, not. Uh, clearly uh, what's not. the word? Exit soapbox. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... And the whole notion that... Um, <laughs> I just have to laugh at this. That that these... these The clericalism, the dripping clericalism, and I mean genuine bad clericalism, not Bergoglio. Bergoglio's hatred of priests... That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the genuine bad clericalism. And I mean, I look at, at the scriptures, I look at the 2000 year history of the church, and it's just unlettered lay nothing after unlettered lay nothing after unlettered lay nothing. It's, it's Peter who is an aquaculturist, okay? Peter is not He's not a priest. He's not he's not in the temple. None of that. The dude is a fisherman. He is blue collar straight up. And and our Lord said, go, goes to him and says, "Who do you think that I am?" Peter doesn't doesn't turn doesn't look at our Lord and say, "Well, of course, being that I am an unlettered lay nothing, I will now have to go to the Sanhedrin and I will have to ask them to tell me who you are. Uh, no, mm -hmm. no. I mean, just, 
you know, example after example after example, and you can go all the way through, um, you know, John the Baptist telling his people, um, or our Lord telling John the Baptist disciples, excuse me, you know, go back and tell John what it is that you see and you hear. I mean, it's, you you don't have to be, um, the, the this clericalism thing that nobody can have anything to say um, and and certainly people say that about me and other and all you know all these people who are who are talking on the internet well I mean if w- would that it were would that it were if that these I had people keep silence no the stones would cry out <laughs> that's right and that's that's where we are right now and it's so funny and this is this always cracks me up and you know maybe that's impious to say but um saint catherine of siena obviously huge literally illiterate (laughs) if i may if i may say that um literally illiterate could could not read third order dominican okay so saint catherine is is mystically espoused to our lord and converses with him regularly the dialogues of St. Catherine are all available on the internet. And what does our Lord say to her? He says to her, and again, she's a doctor of the church. So you're not, you're not obliged, obliged to believe any, any of the, the dialogues of St. Catherine, for example. But I mean, she, she's a doctor of the church. So the church is kind of winking at you and saying, yeah, you're not technically obliged to believe any of this, but you know, you might want to read this. Our Lord says to St. Catherine of Siena, when things get sufficiently bad in the church and in the world, um, what I'm going to go ahead and do is I'm going to, I'm going to raise up illiterate lay women for the purpose of shaming the clerics and prelates for the specifically to embarrass and shame them and so people are sitting around saying well it's not possible we have to we have to wait to be told by this person that person the other person this cleric that prelate whatever how how dare any lay person opine on any of this our lord himself has said look when it when it gets sufficiently bad this is what you need to expect you, you need to expect to see this. And if this doesn't constitute, quote unquote, sufficiently bad, I have absolutely no idea what would constitute, quote unquote, sufficiently bad. You know? Well, and going, so, back to, going back to the example of you know, unlettered, laid nothings, look at Christ and who he surrounded himself with. The, the yeah, apostles yeah. were, if you want to put it in modern American terms, they were rednecks, hayseeds, and auto mechanics. I, I don't know what Judas's qualifications were to be treasurer of the group. Um, maybe he knew how to count. I don't know. I really don't know why, if he had something special. But then again, if there was something special and educated, look how he ended up. It was yeah. the doctors of the law who persecuted. St. Paul persecuted and yeah. martyred uh, some of the early early martyrs until he had his conversion. St. Luke obviously wrote the gospel, but he wasn't one of the apostles. Um, And of course, what was the apostles' reaction? Not just Judas, but uh, I imagine the rest of them were a little bit shocked when Mary Magdalene um, expressed her sorrow and contrition, um, shedding tears to to wash our Lord's feet. Judas is the one we have in the gospel talking about it, but I would imagine some of the other uh, apostles are kind of shocked, saying, what is this woman doing here, especially that woman? 
Um, yeah. Yes. Yep. It, 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 even at the time of Christ, women were being raised up to admonish the the the, the clerics. I mean, that who who were the first witnesses of the resurrection? It wasn't the apostles. And le- let's talk about Our Lady on Holy Saturday, holding the church together. That's why Saturday belongs to her. Holding the church together on Holy Saturday. What did she not do? And she was consecrated to the temple. She did not run off to the temple and say, please explain to me what just happened last night. Uh, no, no, that, that's not what happened. Um, you know, it's, it, none of this makes these arguments these people are making just intransigently defending Bergoglio um, it, it, none of it makes any sense. None of it is logical in any way. Um, and so, yeah, you, you need, sorry, Father Ripperger, but you're wrong. The, the laity don't need to go buy a t-shirt that says, keep calm and go to the TLM. That's, that's, that, that's not going to cut it. Um, the, the laity need to be, need to be up in arms and, and, perhaps even literally up in arms. Um, I, I think St. Charles Borromeo, if, if he were dropped into our day right now, would just be, would be bellowing at the top of his lungs. What are you people doing? What, why are you not doing anything about this? So if people need to go shopping for shirts, it's probably more hair shirts than anything else. And I, I'm sure the, that's right. Yeah, I'm sure the laity would 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 benefit from that as well. But uh, I'm not really aiming that comment at laity. Yep. Oh, all right. I think we should wrap this bad boy up. Concluding. Oh, come on, thoughts. we're only an hour and a half. <laughs> well, that's it. Our wrap up always takes 15 minutes, doesn't it? And it's going to, especially today, because we're all going to say. Oh my gosh, we all need to be pr- praying for priests and seminarians. Can you imagine being a seminarian right now? Can you be, can you imagine being 5 or 6 years into into seminary at, you know, uh, at Gricciliano or at at Denton or Vigritzbad right now and looking at this situation? Th- those those poor kids, they've just and you know, there's a there's a lot of um there's a lot of diocesan kids who are in seminary who went and said, I will commit to my diocese and I will go because I have a friendly bishop who's told me that I will be able to say the old mass. And their entire their entire, you know, game plan, their their um their um their path to the priesthood, their entire thing is revolving around being able to offer the venerable Gregorian rite, and you've got this anti-pope telling him, nope, you're, you are absolutely not going to be able to, and now you've got these kids in, in the, the Ecclesia Dei seminaries who are looking at this and saying, he's, he's saying that we can't even be ordained, you know? Um, it's uh, th- those poor guys, the, the perseverance that those guys are going to have to have to somehow, some way stick with this and, and find, find a path to ordination, which they know is God's will, but can, will they be able to find anyone who will ordain them? Um, we, we have to pray for these guys to be strong it, because it's not just, 
and again, here's this parallel track. You've got all these people in the post-Christian West who are being told you're going to lose your job if you don't get this death injection. It's the exact same thing is happening to, these, to the seminarians. They're being told you're gonna lose your career path. You're gonna lose this. You're gonna lose being able to be ordained if you don't um, capitulate to this anti-pope. Um, and it, it, nobody seems to have their back is the terrible thing. You know, so we got to pray for these guys. Well, and it's the blessed few who will look at this and say, well, I was accepting for my vocation being like Christ and sharing his passion and his and carrying the cross and, and all the pains that go with it. I've I've mentioned in the past a couple of uh, fraternity priests, fraternity St. Peter priests I know who were unjustly accused of untoward things and had their faculties mm-hmm. pulled and they've got to go sit on the bench at fraternity headquarters and one, it, as, as a lay person, it's the kind of thing that makes me want to just absolutely go to the bishop's door and rage and, and wonder what in the world is going on. You know this is not accurate. Um, and he knows it's not accurate. But he's washed his hands by saying it's counsel of the laity. They handle all this stuff. But what was interesting is the, one of the priests who had this happen to him said this is – this has entered the or has become the most joyful part of his of his priesthood, accepting the cross and 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 willfully accepting all the slings and arrows that are being thrown at him. And I've heard it said before in the past that that uh, if you want to have a vocation where you are going to be hated by everybody, become a fraternity of Saint Peter priest because you're going to catch it from the right, the left, your parishioners, up, down, sideways, every way it is. Um. Mm-hmm. And and it looks like them and the Institute of Christ the King soon they're going to have to face the question of can I even be a priest anymore? But it, it is a tough, tough vocation. But it's no, also it, it's one tough, that leads it's to it's tough in the before all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's 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 a it's a tough vocation that leads to a magnificent crown if you have if you have the fidelity to stick with it. Yep. Of course, marriages like that these days too. I mean, not to not to denigrate anybody who doesn't have a vocation to the priesthood. I mean, for crying out loud, just if you can get through the modern world and everything that goes on uh, in it these days, and not lose your soul. I mean, it's 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 like um, what, what is the the phrase from Orwell that in, in a time of universal um, universal the most uh, revolutionary act is telling the truth yeah. right i mean yeah. right now one of the most revolutionary things you can do is be a a heterosexual person uh raising a family who does not do what the world does yeah and you know we we not too long ago we would have said a heterosexual white person but now we see that heterosexual black and and every other color every other color of the spectrum if you're just heterosexual, Christian, normal, married, raising children, you're you are going to be attacked. I mean, and and to to a weird extent, even you know, for example, blacks who are heterosexual, married, raising children, just you know, try, trying to live the quote unquote old school American dream, they're being attacked from all sides as well so it I mean it isn't even the 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 white man can't even claim that that specific category anymore because it's just anyone and uh wait isn't this in isn't this in scripture to to live in christ jesus is to be persecuted in this world 
again, why is anybody wondering that any of this is happening? And, you know, we, we've known for a long time, we should have known for a long time between the cultural degradation, the financial crimes, that that couldn't go on. Um, and the technological, I mean, I knew I knew when I was a teenager, I remember as a teenager sitting around and thinking, you know, they went from powered flight to men walking around on the moon in less than 70 years. This is this is just going way too fast because life for most people did not change. Your your life when you were a little kid was exactly the same, basically, as the day you died when you were 80 years old. There was hardly any change whatsoever technologically. And we went from we went from power baby powered flight to walking around on the moon in less than 70 years. This is this is way too fast. This is too much too fast and this can't go on. And you know, now look at what we've got. We've got them tell, telling people that they are, they are, the anti-Pope is telling people that they are morally obliged to, to attempt to modify their, their DNA sequence. I mean, this is, this is insane. This is categorical insanity. You know that, you know, there's a, um, there's a country song, um, 90 miles an hour down a dead end street, you know, and that's that's what we've been on for decades. I mean, there's this should be no surprise whatsoever. So, okay, let's. I was going to say before we wrap up, and and uh, we more or less dominate the wrap up here in the last five to ten, fifteen minutes, however long it takes. Sorry, Super Mom. Um, we should probably give uh, Dr. Maza and Vanessa a chance to wrap up with any final thoughts they have on their their yes. minds, hearts, or whatever. Absolutely. Let's start with Vanessa. Vanessa, did, do you have any rants that you want to make that you didn't have the opportunity to? Oh, um, I don't know if there's enough time, so I guess I'll try to, to truncate. Um, just, you know, echo, echoing what you said, Anne, just this this slow, masochistic, spiritual suicide. I mean, like you were saying, like Satan's favorite trick is to convince people to commit suicide. We're seeing the Ecclesia mm -hmm. Day committing this spiritual suicide. And I truly yep. feel that when Our Lady said at Fatima, the final battle will be between Satan and the family. I think that's a literal, a literal message. There's not going to be anyone in between you and your family and Satan's tricks towards this end time. There's not going to be a priest saving us or, you know, an Ecclesia Day translator of these things. And so we really have to be wise about what's going on. Um, and, and to fight for our Lord, like Dr. Matza said, I know one of the, the Father Ripperger points was saying how the mass is a gift and God's taking it away from us. And we just have to lay down and take it. It was very, this very kind of, you know, heresy of quietism, uh, right. you know, comment. And I just thought to myself, what about fight that he, what he said was true to an extent, but isn't it also our obligation to fight to give God what he deserves? So yeah. there's a lot of gaslighting right now about this lay down and take it, lay down and take it. And, you know, everyone's really subscribing to, to these theologies of, you know, this passivity, you know, take these insults. There, there's a difference, in my opinion, between justified suffering and useless suffering. You know, if you could, right. if you could prevent it with your good sense, and God's given you a rubric and a framework with which to fight back, you do mm -hmm. it. And if you still lose, fine, God's will. 
but you you have to try. So I would just encourage laity listening and, you know, or if you're arguing this with lady who argue to you that you should just lay down and take it. I mean, I, I can think of all the examples named in this podcast of when our Lord and our lady and the apostles did not lay down and take it. This is the time to mm-hmm. fight. So dismount soapbox. Well said, well said. Dr. Matza, concluding thoughts, any rants you want to make? Oh, yes. Sons of Gondor, of Rohan, (laughs) my brothers, I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship, but it is not this day. An hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down, But it is not this day. This day we fight. By all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand, men of the West. I am triggered by your masculinity. (laughs) (laughs) I'm triggered. I'm triggered. the, The masculinity there was just way too much. Way too much. Totally inappropriate. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Well, I'm glad seriously. he went after me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't want to follow that. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. And Super Nerd, obviously, that has to be put into isolation. Uh, oh, absolutely. A, oh, that, that's going to be that's going to be a, a, a sound clip that goes around the entire Internet and will be deployed <laughs> many, many, many times, many times. My conundrum as we're recording this is I, I, I'm trying to figure out if I should take out my, my little uh, Henry V thing there because I overstepped you and Vanessa saying something. Um, we'll, we'll figure that out. Oh, I, I trust your abilities to, uh, to isolate sound clips. You have proved, proven yourself to be more than, more than up to the task. Well done, Dr. Monza. That was fantastic. Yes. Oh, Indeed. The grace of God. The grace of God. And if you want more, so please you- sign up for Dr. Ed's fall classes that start next week. <laughs> I think you you need to promise to sing in every class. I think you need to I think you need to have you need to pre-prepare or do my impersonations. With, impersonations or break into song. One or the you know, keep us guessing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dramatic recitations. Dramatic recitations. <laughs> that was pretty cool. No, save the dramatic recitations for appearances on the Barnhart podcast because okay. that that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> do you do you have any um do you have any rhetorical and not literary point that you would like to make before we sign off? Definitely. Uh you know, we have to um act as if everything depends on us and and pray as if everything depends on God because obviously it it does. Um God gave us reason we have to exercise that reason, but you know we have to pray God for the virtue of courage, um, and that you know we, we ask Him for the graces that we need to do our state in life right now. And um, it is actually a privilege to live in a time like this because you know it can get pretty hot and heavy. And um, you know the saints have been there; they they've done it, and we have to ask for their intercession, um, especially. Our Lady of Ransom today. Ah, well, well said, well put. Yep. Super nerd, what do you think? I think we should go into the wrap up. All right, sir. Go right ahead. 
All right. The email address for the podcast where you can send feedback, comments, suggestions, uh, ideas for Dr. Mazza to give a dramatic reading or good news <laughs> items for wrapping up the podcast. The email address is podcast at barnhart.biz. There's also a voicemail number where we could, we might end up playing questions on the podcast at some point in the future. And also Anne and I both have Proton Mail accounts. Look in the show notes for those if you care to use that. And if you don't know why you would want to use that, then don't. Just use podcast at barnhart.biz. Anne expresses her profound gratitude for all of her benefactors. At least one Mass every single day, plus one traditional Catholic Requiem Mass, is said every week for everybody who died in the previous week. And as always, please pray for the priests. Uh, We've commented several times throughout this podcast the a massive amount of pressure that the traditional Catholic priests of the Ecclesia Dei community are under. Um, yeah. Maybe a year from hence, some of them won't be priests anymore and possibly even by their own acceptance. I don't know. Pray for them. They let them know, let them know you need them and that you're supporting them. And maybe they, maybe they'll, they'll, maybe that, maybe that reassurance will help them you know, stick with their vocation. I don't know. Um, but pray for them. They absolutely need it. And, um, and join the the uh, patron of the podcast, Saint Tiny Princess. Uh, she mm-hmm. definitely uh, can pray for the priest. She was uh, well. She wasn't baptized by a, an Ecclesia Day priest. She was baptized by me, but she was confirmed by an Ecclesia Day priest. So she has a connection to this. So pray for her and ask her to intercede as well. The Barnhart Podcast is a production of Super Nerd Media. If you found something of value in this or in previous episodes and would like to return some value, visit supernerdmedia.com. Click on the donate link and you can find out how to contribute to this uh, enterprise. And I did not check the mailbox today, but yesterday, as of yesterday, nothing was in there. So we're only working on PayPal. And um, actually, PayPal had an interruption in the last week. Um, it had to do with somebody uh, sending a payment to um, the the podcast at barnhart.biz address. And I was on vacation and at a friend's house via satellite internet. And the combination of all the different flags that go together with with um, claiming a payment through a weird IP address, uh, PayPal said, "Oh, we're going to freeze your account." <laughs> but fortunately, they, they uh, thought you were in a cave in Afghanistan or something. So <laughs> they thought I was in Indiana, which is I don't know if that's necessarily a, a, the same thing, but um, I, I wasn't. It's close. <laughs> well, I wasn't, but no. Seriously, when that happened, I, I did an IP trace on 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 my on the IP address where I was, and said, "Well, where does the internet think I am?" And they said, "Oh, you're in the middle of Indiana." I was like, "No, I'm not." So I don't I don't I don't know how that how that system actually worked. But anyway, I, I sent them the documentation they requested, and they said, "Oh, okay, you're legit. You're okay," and and then they unlocked the account. So. Uh, thank you to Jeffrey. Uh, I'll jump ahead to him, even though he's like fourth on the list, because um, during that period where my the account was suspended, uh, his his recurring donation came in rejected, and I had no idea what was oh. going to happen with that. But it, apparently, it just retries after a few days, so that was cool. But I want to thank the recurring donors, um, Low PMJ, Laura. I mentioned Jeffrey, Richard, and Pamela, and then the one-off donors, William and Kathleen. Who says I'm enjoying your podcast. Thank you. And uh, nothing via Bitcoin and or or the other uh, avenues of, of donating. Uh, and oh, I've got some weird note from last time, but the point is now we go to the Matthew seventeen twenty. Matthew seventeen twenty 
pray every day without ceasing um, and fast twice a week if you can. Fourfold intention that Bergoglio be publicly recognized removed, and removed as anti-Pope and the whole thing be nullified. That Pope Benedict Ratzinger be publicly recognized as having been the one and only living Pope since um, April of 2005. That Bergoglio repent, revert to Catholicism, die in the state of grace in the fullness of time. And he's whining about people are, you know, this past week he was whining that people want him to die. Not here. Um, he needs all the time that he can get on this, on this mortal coil in order to repent and revert to Catholicism. And he, he, he needs to learn the faith. I mean, he needs to be catechized from the ground up. And so, no, nobody, nobody here is rooting for his death, We're rooting for his swift death. Uh, in fact, that would that would probably be kind of a mess. Um, so that he um, that he die in the state of grace in the fullness of time, and someday achieve the beatific vision. And intention number four is that Pope Benedict repent of anything and everything that he, as a human being, needs to repent of. That he die in the fullness of time, in the state of grace and someday achieve the beatific vision, nothing less will do. Our Lady of Copacabana, slayer of the Pachamama demon, pray for us. Pray for us. Amen. Mm -hmm. And even though Mark isn't here, I know he would say stay salty. So on behalf of Dr. Maza and Vanessa, I am Super Nerd. And until next time, and I'm... I goofed oh, it. Sorry, I stepped on you. <laughs> I'm, I'm Super Nerd. That's where I'm supposed to stop with. I'm Super Nerd. And I'm Ann. Thanks, guys. God bless. If you've been really paying attention, it is my personal opinion that you'll make the switch and you'll make it quickly. 